Blog Talk Radio. Good evening once again, and welcome back to Madame Perry Salon, the cultural salon in cyberspace, or as one guest called it, a genie bottle. Uh, I am your host, your spiritual advisor, and your groove mistress, Madame Perry. You can call me Jan, Jennifer, JP, Perry. I am just happy that you're here. And let's see, um, so much has been happening lately. Oh, somebody's asked me about a few of the recent guests. Park overall. Yeah, she was on here. She's not on the show right now, but I had a feeling she's got something coming up, and so I asked her, and she's working on a project but not releasing anything yet, but she will. Also, Arden Marine, who uh, you might have first seen her on Mad TV. She's on the show Insatiable on Netflix. She plays Regina Sinclair, the real estate agent with a stolen Asian baby that she raised after she stole her. Um, she was on here talking about her book, Little Miss Little Compton, about growing up in Little Compton, Rhode Island. It is hilarious. If you order it now, you might still be able to get a free the, the bags that she made to go with them. I'm not sure. But that was fun. Also, um, D.C. Glenn, D.C., the brain supreme from Tag Team, Whoop, there it is. Uh, you know, he's on the Geico commercial, where's the ice cream thing, Scoop, there it is. And he says sprinkles at the end. When he was on the show about maybe a month ago, he really wanted to give advice and give help to people who are aspiring, either in, not just in show business, you know, maybe acting, music, uh, writing, whatever, but in whatever your endeavor is. He really wanted to help. In fact, if you listen to it, he gave lots of good advice. You can always replay it for free. He even gave out his email address, and here's my email address if you want to ask me anything. And, and, and it is his email address. What And what a funny guy, too. Uh, my, um, I had a co-host that night, Kenya Colbert, and uh, we had so much fun, we had to go into overtime on that show. So definitely check out D.C. and Park and Arden, and I have been so, so lucky to have so many, well, every guest is good. I haven't had a clunker yet. They have so many fantastic guests, and it's also because they know you're out there listening, and I really do appreciate that. So tonight, it's, it's almost, this, this guest has been on before. It's almost, um, I don't know, even for someone like me, it's hard to come up with an intro. And I've been an MC. But this man's got so, he's got, I don't even know if his bio is true, actually. There's just too too much into it. Uh, he has a doctorate in metaphysics. He's been knighted twice. Uh, and is currently a duke, a baron, and a knight. Now, I've had a a, um, uh, a marquee on. Uh, marquee Michael DeBar was on, so we get to address him as such. And you probably know him as, as a musician. Um he was also in the movie, he was a child actor in England. He was in 
to Sir with Love and lots of other things. And he now is has a radio show on Little Stevens Underground Radio on Sirius XM. But you probably know Michael DeBar is. He was a lot of fun. So but this guy, this guy has a brand new book. He's a prolific writer. And believe me, by the time this book came out, he was probably on working on the next three. So I want to welcome back to the genie bottle. He has his own seat. He has his own cushion. The magnificent, prolific Travis I. Sivart. Welcome, Travis. Well, PhD. hello there. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That is a a great MC intro you did there. Oh, it's quite the natural gift you have. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, any greeting just... from you is a charming greeting, isn't oh, it? You're so sweet. You know, uh, I was I've been doing all this downsizing, uh, declutter, mm. downsizing, and everything. People say as you get older, go ahead and start doing the Swedish death cleaning, so you don't have so much stuff to get rid of later, or whenever I move to Europe for socialist medicine. But Right. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that I, I found was something from the Atlanta Songwriters uh, Awards night where I was the MC, and I was about to throw it out, and I told my husband, "No, let me hold hold it for one more week so I can remember that I did stuff." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, just so I can remember I did stuff. Well, anyway, your newest book, Silver and Smith, and the Doppelgangers. Gate. Oh my gosh, uh, this, it's it's the second book in the Silver Smith Chronicles. I don't know how many. You probably onto the fourth one now. <laughs> that is actually. A I'm, jam I'm writing on another series. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to want to know all about it. But let's start off with Silver and Smith and the series and the um, book two. Silver Smith and the Doppelgangers Gate. That book comes out. It opens up banging. It just banging from the beginning. You're right. You're thrown into the action. There's no lead up. You know, expository maybe, but it happens in the middle of the action. That's where you get the expository. So, how exciting! Now that was done in that was done in the spirit of um, like the James Bond movies or the Indiana Jones movies. They all start with the end of the last adventure. So you realize this is these guys normal daily life. This is a day at the office, you know, running through the <laughs> desert with a machine gun on top of the jeep. This is what they do. <laughs> and I well, um, and I definitely wanted that lead in excitement the whole time and, and to keep that pacing. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you do. You did it. You achieved it exactly like that. And I think that's what uh, probably one of the reasons that keep your readers coming back over and over and over is, is that, that skillful uh, mastery you have over it. So um, tell me, this book is so different. And, and, you know, come on, people that read a lot and people like me and probably – uh, your publicity, your publicist, Crystal Wood, you know, we get a lot of books, and we see right. a lot of things. And there are some times when you think, you, you want to say, oh, this is fresh, and then you get three more with the same plot, same kind of characters. Your book, right. I, I I don't know if you're like, maybe, you just, maybe you're like the um, the character. 
the guy. Because silver? he seems to be from silver. He seems to be from a bit of a different dimension. Oh, good eye on that one. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and I too and I love how he breaks out into how he would break out into some kind of film noir. He could like there was like a snap of like you got up from your desk and Raymond Chandler sat down for about, you know, enough to get out one or two lines <laughs> and then you came and took the chair back. Wait a minute, this is my gig. I love that. It's, I definitely did that during the action scenes because I wanted the action scenes to have that, that pulp feel mm. from the 1930s, that noir feel. Um, but then again, on the other hand, I also wanted developed characters because for me, as much as I love a good fun scene, it's all about the characters. It's about the people, and that make the, makes the difference to me, so that's important for me. Can you give us some idea of how you came up with this? Was this this is uh, the the worlds you created, the characters, how you let us see different things, let let us think that we were seeing something uh, right there. Come on, give us your inspiration. Not, it's not like I, I'm going to be able to do what you do and copy it, but. Oh yeah, no, absolutely happy to share the inspiration. If somebody else can come along and do it, you know, in their own way, that's always great too. With Silver and Smith, I wanted something. I've already mentioned Indiana Jones and James Bond. I wanted something with that kind of feel as well as – and then a little little dash of um, – really, it's just wandered off and, and left the room. I don't even know what it was a dash of. It will come back to me in a second. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. I wanted that fun group dynamic. I wanted – Basically, the formula, the, the comfort food of reading, and there is a comfort food formula in this, is you have a mass of bad guys, whether that's zombies or Nazis, which it's neither of these in either of these books at this point, but that sort of thing. Then you have a mid-level villain. Then you have a top-tier villain, and then I want two people from very different walks of life who see the world in a very different way from one another and I want them to both have a skill set I didn't want the Sherlock Holmes Watson where they're trying to bring Watson more to an equal level with Sherlock in the modern movies but in the older stories he just kind of tagged along and had things explained to him Mm -hmm. but I wanted equals just on different Mm -hmm. levels Silver actually came from tabletop role-playing games, and I liked the concept of the character, and he's grown a lot and changed a lot since then. But I moved him forward into other types of stories that I was writing that I've never published. And then I went, these are the characters. This is the scenario I want, and I want to use Silver. What's a good counterpoint to Silver? And for folks that don't know, Silver is, oh, that that good, healthy, middle-aged point. So maybe, you know, early 40s, mid-40s, but still fit. He's a billionaire, and he's got something to – he needs redemption for something he did in his past, or many things he did in his past. We're not sure. So he's seeking to make up for something. By 
becoming this bounty hunter, creating these things in the world, etc. And he runs across Hank. Now, Hank, I wanted Hank to be Laird immediately. When you read Silver, you th- you go, I think he's Laird, but that really develops later. With Hank, you see it immediately. Hank is a mid-20s female archaeologist who's just trying to prove to the world that she can do what she wants to do. And everybody else already seems to know this except for Hank. She also has a background in ranged weapons, so she's a sharpshooter. So she's got these layers of language and science and then just a natural oh, – sorry about that. My cat is jumping. I think he got all excited about Hank. But putting the two together, you have this younger person with this scientific view, and you have this not old person, but older person with that bitter, cynical point of view of the world. Two together just – they dance so nicely. Mm-hmm. And they have different skill sets that overlap in some places, but most of them, they can both shine in different places, and that's a delight when you're writing it. It is, and you know what's also a delight about Silver? Mm. Nowhere Tell me. does does he mansplain. I, I agree, and I aimed to stay away from that. I definitely want either one of them to be able to you know, explain things when things need explained. And if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in book two, The Doppelganger's Gate, he actually – he has an identity crisis of sorts where he realizes he's been very protective of Hank. And he almost reverse mansplains to himself in his head of what he was doing to her while also supporting her. It, I like him. He's willing to let other people make their mistakes, but he's willing to step in and help. And he's got quiet layers, I guess. And here's a fun fact. Most people love Hank. It seems you're leaning towards silver, and one other person leaned towards silver also. And it's fun to see the type of person who leans towards the different characters. Well, you know, I like both characters, but there's something about Hank, too, that she just sort of goes in face first. She's got her knowledge. And, you, and it, yeah, you do feel like sometimes she's not sure if the world really recognizes what she is, what she knows, what she can do. But she goes in face forward and, and gets the job done, whatever it is, whether it's, it, you know, checking out hieroglyphics and, and, and sorting out things about, well, this is from this language and, and this culture at this time, to having her weapons. You know, like she tells him, you know, you don't pack much, but I've got all these pockets. But everything's got a purpose, mm-hmm. and it's got a rhythm to it. You know, you can tell she's got a rhythm to what, what goes in, what pocket or cargo pocket, and, and what gets pulled out, and what way. You can just figure, like, a, like almost a sympathy. She knows when she needs to pull out any kind of weaponry, it's going to go down smooth, like, like just like choreography. Right. There was one scene, 
somewhere in the middle of the book, about chapter 13, and I only remember that because I've read that one multiple times aloud to different audiences. And I had somebody complain about it because there's two paragraphs right next to each other, and one is Silver like dropping to his knees, two guns, one in each hand, just spinning and just firing, his, his hand following his eye, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, you know, biting his lip. The next paragraph has Hank like gently kneeling, nibbling on her lip, gently pressing her eye to this scope, moving it centimeter by centimeter, side to side with careful twitches, you know, pulls of her finger, very precise. And at the end, Silver is dropping clips and popping new clips in for his ammo. And Hank actually comments, you know, like, I know what I got. I got a careful count of my ammo, so I don't need to change my clip because I didn't fire wildly. And I had an editor who wanted to kind of guest edit on a live stream, mm-hmm. and she hated that. She's like, these things are repetitive, and you're saying stuff that's boring. And I'm like, this is character building. Yeah. It's not about the fight here. It's about showing Hank rushes in headlong. She's young. She's enthusiastic, but when it comes to her work, she's meticulous and tedious, and Silver's the other side of that coin. He goes in with gut when it's work and when it's fight, but outside of a fight, once he's not dedicated, he's very cautious, and he's very careful, and it's just fun to play with those differences and let one lead the other or one rescue the other, so I I really think I've had Hank rescue Silver more than Silver has rescued Hank. Yes. Yes, I wanted. I was about to mention something about that, but I thought I don't want to give away too much because, because um, I, I don't. People have to read for themselves. Mm-hmm. I know they will. Um, but yeah, she does, and I, I and and it's believable. It's written. It's believable. It's not a gratuitous. Um, Oh, thank you. That that you give her, and we like that too. Um, I often ask people, authors, especially when there is a series of books, so the characters, you know, are are more developed and and more loved by the readers. Who that we may know of, if it were being cast as a series or film, do you have pictures in your mind of who? You would prefer to play the parts. Why? Yes, I do. Oh. Now, now that you've asked me, <clears throat> and Silver, uh-huh. I've had in my head for a while, but I can't remember his name. I might remember it in like thirty seconds. In the middle, I'll interrupt myself. But have you ever seen True Lot? Or I'm sorry, True Blood. I, I have to say, I have. Or not. Supergirl. Have you ever yeah. seen Supergirl? Yeah. Do you remember the tall? well-spoken, beautifully voiced, very trim and fit black man who played Jimmy Olsen. And again, I can't. um, It's McCade Brooks, I think it is. McCade Brooks. I could be wrong, but he's got such a presence and such a normally calm, smooth, not like pick up the ladies type smooth, just like chill, confident, I know what I'm doing. And on top of that, he's he's a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. So 
this guy is who I have in mind for silver, especially even if movie production started happening tomorrow, he'd be right about the right age now to play him. Now, over the next 10, 15 years, he'd be perfect age. Now, for Hank, this was about two, three weeks ago I had that conversation because I didn't have anybody in mind for her. And then somebody suggested, you know, the young lady that played the new Mary Poppins? Yeah. I believe she's also in Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson. Can't think of her name either. It's a, and sadly, I don't have my computer available to me because for the past week I've been locked in the sound booth and it's in the sound booth and it's very small in there. <laughs> so I don't go in unless if I'm recording. Andrea, hey. do you remember the name of Dwayne Johnson's co-host in Jungle Cruise, or co-star, Emily Blunt. Oh, yes. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is Hank. Now, she's almost getting out of the age range, but she's still incredible. And what a range of characters she can play. Mm-hmm. So those are the two I have in my head for them. All right, all right. And by the way, I also wanted to send some some love and a shout out to Miss Andrea Lachat. Hi, honey. Madam Perry says hello, honey. She's sending out love and a shout out to you. <laughs> He's waving <laughs> frantically and saying hi. <laughs> Okay. She's right. busy and studying her next social media conquest. Oh dear. Okay. Well, then I might need to hire her. Well, so what is uh? Mm. And, and people who know your uh, show on Twitch know Andrea, don't they? Right. They do. And I tell you what, she is more popular on my show than I am. No. <laughs> and uh, and I'm okay with that. It's if I have one gift. It's it's putting the right people together who work well together. So besides my live stream, I also record various podcasts on it. And Andrea and Ed on Talk of the Tavern and other people I've put together, uh, they are definitely fan favorites, and I'm just the host of the show. So it's it's always a delight to see the the folks react to her when she wanders in the room and does whatever thing behind me when I'm not looking. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I think it's because you're 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 a generous writer. That's why you you don't mind um, other people sharing sharing some spotlight. And isn't it the most fun when you surround yourself with great people? It just adds absolutely. Now, if anybody knows the other name, the other actor um, that we were thinking, trying to think of his name. McCann Brooks, I believe. M E. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish finish that thought. So they do call though. <laughs> if you want to talk to Travis Sivert, now I don't know if you got your fans, your shills, whatever, ready to call. But if you do want to call, the number six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Toll free call in the continental U.S. Blog Talk Radio assures me. So that's six four six seven one six nine nine. And by the way, if um, you listen tonight and want to hear something again, or if you didn't, you know, somebody didn't listen, you can tell them that's always available afterwards here on Blog Talk Radio, the show, the episode. Uh, within about two hours, it'll be on for free download. Also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher and a whole bunch of others that I don't even know about that are probably advertising and making money off of it. But there you go. <laughs> um, so while so anyway, six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Or for people who can't make a call, you know, like maybe they're at a job or something and can't do it. Uh, you can always send me a message on Facebook, either to Jennifer Modette Perry or Perry Salon. I'd be happy to. And given there's a lot of people that are listening tonight. Juliana Ari, she's in Brazil and listening right now. She's from Japan, but she lives in Brazil, so she's multicultural. And uh, she's listening. Uh, and who else? Um, oh, yes, my Polish cartoonist is listening as well as Pat and Rusty in Missouri. Thank you so much. So if you guys have a question, while you're thinking of that question, I have a little message to play. And, uh, yeah, it's going to take a second. This will be a good time for you, Travis, to go and get Mm. maybe a get some water, get a beverage or something, and be right back in about, I don't know, in about a minute. Excellent. Thank you. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, she's going to an interview, and I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so sweet. Yes, dogs barking in the background. They're like little extortionists, like mafia. Hey, great podcast. Oh, superb guest. Be a shame if something happened to it, like if we unplugged it underneath the desk. Okay, so this is Madam Perry. Oh, and I'm supposed to give a shout-out to Frenchie and the Punk. They're on the road. Uh, Frenchie and the Punk, it's a duo. They're fantastic. They're well-known in the steampunk world, but, hey, they rock. Everywhere. And Frenchie, well, she really is French. So there you go, Andrea. You've got a sister out there somewhere. And, uh, well, she's on the road, actually. So hello to Frenchie and the punk. Hi, Scott and Samantha. (laughs) Yes, Scott. Yeah, you know. Hi, Scott and Samantha. Samantha. Oh, we know them. They are delightful and, oh, my goodness, so, so talented. Just as a matter of fact, they had given me permission, I'm guessing it still holds, for me to play their music on my show anytime I want or, you know, in anything I record. And no. But, yeah, everybody needs to go check out their music, live or, or in CD. Either way, it's great stuff. Oh, my gosh, yes, yes, very good. And super nice people, and but good, mm-hmm. and they rock. They rock hard. All right, so – um, there's so many other things I wanted to talk yes. to while, uh, while I've got you on the line. Um, I don't know where to start. Oh, you know what? I also notice you, uh, when I'm looking up things on you, you know, Audible. Audible comes up to find mm-hmm. you. But there is something that, um, we might have talked about, you and I, 
that I have never heard of before, and that's Kendall Bella. This this is something that Amazon Kindle has just started. It the concept is, and if anybody here follows some of the Asian reading culture, it's popular there, not through Kindle, but in its own right. And it's basically episodic publishing of and I don't want to call it chapters, though of a story. So you have an episode you publish anywhere from Kindle and Vela specifically, I think it's 500 to 5,000 words, and I might be slightly off on those numbers, but it's in that neighborhood. So I've gone and published a story there called The Traveler's Inn about a dimension-jumping, reality-hopping tavern and bar. So very similar to um, Spider Robinson's um, cross-dimension saloon. And publishing it by episodes, it's been so much fun because I feel like I can goof off, and I've taken characters and mixed them together almost like a mashup, a genre mashup, and it starts out with fantasy, and then I'm going to go into a steampunk Weird West story, and it all, for my story, centers around the hub that is the Traveler's Inn as I go into this interdimensional inn, and then it'll branch out into a sci-fi, and I think, I think, not sure, there is a character in Silver and Smith and the Doppelganger's Gate that I really wanted to write a story about, but I don't want to dedicate a whole series to this character. And for anybody who has read it, that would be Byron Savage, the bounty hunter. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? I could bring him in on the Traveler's Inn and have a story arc with him where I go, here's 30,000 words. I tend to do about 1,000 words per episode, which is I'm also taking these and recording them. That's why my computer is in my sound booth this week because I'm actually recording the first 10 episodes to put up as a podcast. But now stepping away from me, Kindlevel in general, a lot of authors are going into it. You get a lot of episodic stuff. You buy tokens first three episodes of any story is free so you can go and hold on my cat's trying to get out of the executive washroom there we go nope she's frantic um but you get the first three episodes free and after that you spend tokens i believe it's one token per hundred words so my stories which are usually around three thousand about 30 tokens and the authors get, I think it's close to half of what the person play, paid for the tokens. So the more tokens you buy, the cheaper they are for you. So, you know, if you're somebody who buys and reads a lot, you know, the author gets a little less. If you're somebody who just likes one author and you want to just buy enough for their stories, author probably get a little bit more. But there's a lot of free stuff to go check out. So you, you can try it before you buy it. And I think that's very important to get a feel for the story and decide, is this something I want to pay for? Mm, you're getting a taste of that ice cream first. Okay. Mm, yeah. You buy the whole cone. Uh, all right. I like that. Now, and, and you, so the first parts are free, and then if you keep going, you pay for them with tokens. And I guess that's something you buy. Is it like the Reddit coins or um, 
What's the other thing? Doggy coin, dog coin, or whatever. Dogecoin? Or Second Life, <laughs> Second Life money. <laughs> it might be like Second Life. It's just a currency. You're paying cash for these tokens on Amazon for, uh-huh. you know, whatever that's worth. You're, I guess it's like buying, you know, tokens at the arcade, except it's reading. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you go pump it into the machine, and the more you buy, the cheaper they are. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. I like the But yeah, that. that's. So now, oh, well, mm-hmm. they have different characters. So the, the the travelers in, there'll be different stories with different characters. So when Byron Savage, yeah. and there'll be just one episode he's in, and so different people. Well, actually, he'll probably be in like a ten episode arc. So you'll get, which again, with the way I'm pacing it, it would be about half of a Silver and Smith book. Silver and Smith books are 60 to 70,000 words. So if I did a 10-episode arc, it'd be about half a book length with him in it. Okay. All right. Um, so that's, so there's a longer story. I was about to ask you, is it like uh, the radio show, uh, The Mysterious Traveler? Similar. Um, And actually, I love that comparison. The old radio shows, not many of us remember them anymore, but they're very popular in the 1920s and the 1930s. But they also went all the way up. Do you remember in the late 70s, early 80s, where they did the audio drama of Star Wars on the radio? Yes. Right. Clearly. Yeah, I forgot about it. Imagine... Imagine that when, A, you're reading the story because it's done, again, episodic, but then when I record it, I do all the voices. Now, I don't have sound effects and all that. I I considered it, and I went, no, too much work, and there's a chance of just adding too much cheese can be weighty on the uh, digestion. So I avoided that. But, yeah, I do the voices, and it'll all branch around. So you'll have your regular characters in the end. And then with each story arc, which will probably be about 10 episodes, I'll bring in three or four new characters. And then every third arc, blend characters that you've already been reading about from different arcs or from the root of the inn and send them on an adventure together. Mm. Okay, yeah. So I I see that because I'm glad you – Knew you'd be familiar with Mysterious Traveler and maybe the uh, mm-hmm. the Whisper too, and you can listen to those. There's a channel on Sirius XM dedicated to those kind of shows. They're great shows just for the yeah. experience, folks. Yeah, yeah. Keeping so now you've got something fresh for us uh, that we can keep going with. I like that. And I had something else I wanted to ask you, and it just it just went here and went there. Uh, I know. Probably you're probably a couple of books ahead, or in the next couple of books already, <laughs> aren't you? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. Do you want me to expand on this, or do you want to form your question before I run off with this one? Oh, I, I, I think you can just uh, um, t- t- take it around. Your witness counselor, go ahead. Okay, you got it. Okay, so. I've been looking at my books going – because honestly, I love everything I write. I wouldn't write it if I didn't enjoy writing it. But I've looked at these and went, okay, 
I would like to see a larger readership. I, I want to have that following that I can write for my audience because I know they're reading it. So I've looked at my different series, and I had three primary series, Silver and Smith Chronicles, the Portals series, which has three books in it currently, and Journal of a Stranger. Then I have other books, which I'll just put aside in this conversation for the moment. And then I have the Vela thing, the Traveler's Inn. Now, Traveler's Inn is for between books. It's for me to write a couple episodes or even ten episodes as a palate cleanser. This gives me time to mull over the next book, put together a viable concept, maybe even an outline of the plot, and see what arcs I want to make sure continue and connect, whether it's character or story. But then I looked at, okay, what do I want my primary to be? And I really do love Silver and Smith. But Portals is a fantasy series about three people from our world at the moment of their individual deaths who are brought into a fantasy world and wake up in somebody else's body, whether it's a sorceress or a barbarian from the Northlands or a dwarf or whatever. And then they come together, and you know, there's, they're fighting their personal problems and personal issues, but they're also fighting a danger to the land. Now, here's a fun fact. The guy who runs the Traveler's Inn, that Vela series, his name is Jack Tucker. He has his own series called Journal of a Stranger. He's also mentioned in both of the Silver and Smith books and at the end of each of the Portals books. As the characters from Portals go into the Traveler's Inn and decide if they want to stay in the fantasy world or return to their own world where they were dying. So I had to find the series I want to move forward with. And since I had three in portals, I went, let me start with that. I'm going to run that to book six because myth and legend says once you have six books is when you really start to get that following. But after I hit book six with portals, I have to go back to Silver and Smith because I already have like book three almost totally outlined. So I've got the ideas. I've got the characters. I've got the arcs. <sighs> Not enough time in the day. Don't say how you do what you do anyway. Uh, it's just Andrea and the cats are enablers in a good way, enablers. Uh, oh, well, somebody just dropped in from some portal to me. I don't know who it was, and said to mention to you two words: blues harmonica. Ah, okay. I have recently started learning how to play harmonica, blues harmonica in particular. By the way, simultaneously, I, I started with blues harmonica, and then I, I, I got a tickle, and I picked up didgeridoos. Are you familiar <laughs> with those? Yes. <clears throat> so yes. at the beginning of this year, as I do most years, and it's not a New Year's thing. It's just a I've got another year. Let's see what I want to accomplish this year. What are my goals so I have – my milestones, my markers in my year of what I want to accomplish. This year, I simply wanted to focus on more social interaction because last year I really sequestered myself, not because of COVID or anything like that, but because I wanted to write these books. So I really focused on that. And this year I want, I want more social, socialization, and I want to learn musical instruments. 
And I went, well, what do I want to learn? And I said, blues harmonica. Mm-hmm. And, and then for some reason in February, I went, didgeridoo. So now I have five didgeridoos and seven harmonicas. And there's times when I'm doing my live stream. Now, I live in the country. I, I don't even have internet here. I actually do all my broadcasting off a mobile hotspot on my phone plan. Mm-hmm. And by some miracle of science and magic, it works out. But uh, I will sit on my front porch when it's storming because almost every evening we get a summer storm for like an hour and a half. We get this beautiful storm that rolls across, thunder, lightning, downpour, all the works. And I'll get a pipe or a cigar and sit out there with my harmonica and my notepad and live stream it, which I realize doesn't sound exciting. But it is delightful how many people actually show up and go, this is so relaxing. I'm getting my writing done or I'm relaxing after a day of dealing with the people at work or I'm a stay-at-home parent. And now I'm just kicking back and relaxing as the kids are going to bed, enjoying this. And it it gives me that really not-so-quiet, meditative moment to, I don't know, connect with the music and find the next story idea. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, on the other side of that, that, that microphone... Is mm-hmm. I know there have been times, and I haven't been there lately, but I think I told you once there have been times when I first started listening to you know tune into your Twitch show that I would have work to do or things I was um, working on, and I would just leave it mm-hmm. on. I didn't really interact much, but I felt like I had friends in the next room, so I had good company that would let me work. That is a lovely. Mm-hmm. Let me work, but work, but it no, was good. And I piped in that you know I could interact with somebody or chat. But it it, it was the I've never that, I'd never had that kind of sensation before listening to something else. So it was pretty cool. And, and you're not the only one that's had that. I've had other people, other writers, or other people just doing their home business, and they're like, it's like having that funny guy in the cubicle next to you where you could ignore him and he'll do his own thing. But if you look over the cubicle and say something, he's going to say some stupid stuff that makes you laugh. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so flattering. I love that description. I'm good with this. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> do you even know how many books you've written that are published that we can get? I mean, I'm looking on Amazon and you have to keep scrolling and scrolling to see them all. Now, I believe the number is 38, but those are under various pen names. You won't find them all under Travis I. Sivart. Um, I do have four different children's books out under Joe Wilson, and three of them are picture books for young children. The other one is a dad joke book because, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, I have other books. I actually wrote erotica for a while just to see if I enjoyed it and and – not or, but and could make money at it. The truth was I didn't make money and I didn't enjoy it. So I put that aside and actually removed them so they're not out there anymore. And then I have almost two dozen credits to my name in other people's short story anthologies. 
So my own books, I believe the number is 38. And then when you count the other books I've been in, another 20 to 24. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And what about the – now, everybody knows about the 27 Club, you know, musicians or rock stars that died at 27. Uh, you have a lot of mm-hmm. books that have 27, 27 thoughts on pipe smoking, uh, 27 thoughts on profound sayings, uh, writing. And I think mm-hmm. there's also a separate one on steampunk. Not, and not actually, steampunk I just recorded that. Yeah, but a different. No, no. This, oh, this is a shorter ver- – go to finish your question, and then I'll reply. Go ahead. <laughs> Never mind, because I'm just babbling now, so go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, with 27 Thoughts, and, and I see where you're going. I've been asked this before, but with 27 Thoughts on Steampunk, I just recorded that three days ago for the audio book. So now I have to clean up that audio and submit it to Audible. So that will be out. And that is different from Steampunk for Simpletons in that it's a very short, concise book about the topic. So anytime I wrote a 27 Thoughts book, it is one topic, one page. You know, like two to five paragraphs, but one page. The idea, all the 27 Thoughts, which there's, as you mentioned, pipes, there's streaming on Twitch, there's enjoying life, having no regrets in life. These are all different books amongst it. There's eight out at the moment, but they're all nonfiction. And four of them focus on enjoying life. A lot of us deal with cycles, especially cycles of depression, ups and downs. And sometimes we need a little reminder, a gentle reminder of how to slow that spiral. It's not a fix because there's no fix except being there and being aware and moving forward. And the other ones are social DIY, which is like the steampunk or the pipe smoking or Twitch, because all these are do-it-yourself social situations. And the 27 came from, I'm not a big numerology guy, but three has always kind of held a special place in my heart because it's a number of balance, you know, mind, body, soul, however you want to look at this. And three threes are nine, and of course three nines are 27. Now the original concept of the book was to hit 30 ideas, 10 for mind, 10 for body, 10 for emotion or spirit. And when I wrote the very first one, I couldn't come to 30 without feeling like I was just trying too hard. Cut it off at 27, and there we go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, a little numerology, a little mythology, but really just a technical thing of like, yeah, I feel like I'm doing it. I'm just trying too hard if I keep pushing for 30. So I'll stop right here at 27. Three threes. Yeah, really. Nobody quit. That's right. Always leave them wanting more. (laughs) You know, I think think earlier I got got kind of, um, when I was battling, thinking about you writing erotica. You know, did you enjoy it or whatever? <laughs> and I, it made me think about, you know, when people say, you know, do what you love. There used to be books on this that you'd see a lot. Do what you love and the money mm-hmm. will follow. And I would think, huh. well, yeah, so I don't think I've ever made a nickel uh, reading Jackie Collins in the bathtub while drinking tea, <laughs> you know. But then again, that was before the YouTube age. 
you know, so now there's YouTube. True. But then again, I've, I've kind of aged out of that one, I think. So I don't know. That wouldn't work. Maybe now, here's a fun fact. In my teens, I read not just Jackie Collins, but also Nora Roberts. And I read it for two reasons. First of all, I was a voracious reader, and I'd read almost anything I could get my hands on. Second of all, they were smutty romance, and they had certain scenes that a teenage boy would appreciate. So I don't know if you read any Nora Roberts, but oh yeah. yes, I have read Nora Roberts not a lot, but I have read some of her books. And you know, I even at a used bookstore, I got a book, mm-hmm. uh, a Jackie Collins book in Spanish. And when she was in Atlanta, and I asked her to autograph it, she says, "Well, why did you buy my book in Spanish?" I said, "Well, it's my minor, but do you have any idea how much your book has helped my book vocabulary?" And <laughs> <laughs> the sex, the mafia, everything. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. makes me wonder what you're trying to do when you speak Spanish. <laughs> are you are you arranging a hit or a date? Oh my hey. goodness! Hey, that'll be my book, okay? <laughs> <The> man who... <laughs> <laughs> It'll that'll start be... out with that scotch and that yeah, shady yeah. office. That that'll be the one that I hire you to write for me. So yeah, that's what I'll do. There we go. <laughs> Definitely. It's just like like I don't watch a lot of gang I don't watch gangster films, but yet lately Peaky Blinders has been very relaxing for me sometimes at night. I believe Andrea has watched Peaky Blinders. I believe she was enjoying that. It's yeah. I love the idea of a good mobster flick, but I have actually enjoyed so few of them besides maybe Johnny Dangerously or Oscar. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. seen either one of those, but they're both comedies. (laughs) But like Goodfellas and Godfather, eh, not so much. Listen, I wanted to say, you know, this is one of those shows, sometimes people will call, 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 and then some people will Mm -hmm. not call, and then at the end, you know what happens? I get all these texts saying, oh, why didn't you ask him about this? Or why didn't you ask him about that? You know, and I go, you were there. You didn't call. Yeah, it was, it was I just didn't <laughs> want to interrupt. And so that's what they're sending me now. Thank you, Pat in Decatur, Georgia, Pat and Rusty and Missouri. Also, who else do I have here? Um, oh, Scott, who's also in Tucker, Georgia. Which, by the way, Scott no? is a harmonica player. And, uh, is he? His stage name is Phil Harmonic. He plays blues harmonica with my husband. Mm. Have you ever listened to Big Mama Thornton play harmonica? Oh, nice. Mm. Go on. Yeah, because I had a dog that would only get calmed down from uh, thunderstorms because he would have been tied out to a tree by his previous owner, I guess, in a lot of thunderstorms. I could only get him calmed Mm. down with old-style blues like Big Mama Thornton. And so I had to find everything yes. she did. So it's one uh, you can find a video of her and Buddy Guy. Um, or if you don't find it, I'll send it to you. But yeah, that's great. I yeah. I gotta I gotta apologize. I have kept you way longer than I said I would, but you're just so much fun. Look, I I'm here for a reason. I'm staying for a reason because I'm having fun too. So if all the pets, because you may name multiple pets and then Scott. If anybody wants to call in now, absolutely call in and ask a question. On the other hand, 
if it's getting a little late and the you know hooch has flowed long enough and it's time to call it done, kick me out. Otherwise, I will sit on this pillow all night hanging out in your delightful genie's bottle. All right, and the uh, and the one um, sailor Poland, the Polish. He calls himself. Mm-hmm. He usually identifies himself as when he calls in as your favorite Polish animator or cartoonist. Um, he says, "I'm listening. I'm listening." Uh, okay, okay, I like it. That's fine. But you know what else I've got? Let's see. Oh, did we hear from? I think I I think Andrea just called in. Andrea, let's chat. Let me just take her call. Andrea, Andrea. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. I think she wants you to get off. <laughs> it might be. Might be. I know. I'm Very a fool for sound subtle. effects. <laughs> <laughs> I think one time I had one It sounds like it's guy. date night from that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one guy. I can't remember the, who he was now. There are a lot of, And I think he had to do with horror, horror writing or suspense. And when I said I'd taken a call, I said hello. And it was the two little girls from um, – the Shining singing. The Shining. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. That that's never happened here before." He goes, "Oh, that happens to me all the time." So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, get Silver and Smith and the Doppelgangers Gate. You got it from me. I stayed up late at night with the cover over my head so that I wouldn't wake my husband up from the glow of the iPad. Uh, it is a good book. And I, it's going to have a lot of surprises to it. You're going to love it, and I, I, you will. And then when you say, "Oh, that's good," what else have I has it got? Well, if you're listening, you probably already know. But if you don't, oh, you're in for a treasure, uh, a treasure trove. So check that out. And you know what? I think I think we should go out with some music from, um, yeah, Travis I Sivart. Look him up. I will be sharing uh, his. I will be sharing links to buy this book and his other books or to his Twitch show on all of my social media, not only Madam Perry's salon, but also Jennifer Maudet Perry. I'll be sharing it. So for uh, a lot of people tell me they listen when they're on drives. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're in the car and you can't write it down, you know, I'll give it to you. And so I think we should, sh- um, let's, let's close out with a song, La Train by Frenchie and the Park. Chumba Casino. Ch- 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.